Well, the Indiana men's basketball team is set for a very exciting season. The women's team has just as much excitement around it as well. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Thursday, October 27th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news and analysis. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. I want to big, give a big thank you to Bet Online, who is today's sponsor. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, we've talked a lot about the men's basketball team this week. I want to show some love to the women's team and really women's basketball in general in the Big Ten. Uh, and to do so, wanted to bring on a special guest today, author of the Hoopla newsletter, uh, Wyatt Crozier. Wyatt, um, how excited are you just to uh, have this women's basketball season upon us? Uh, I know IU plays next week. I'm sure there's some games uh, before then, but how excited are you for this season? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on. Um, last year was was a blast for sure. Um, there was a lot of um, a lot of teams that that made some good runs in the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten itself was a lot of fun to watch, um, and a lot of those players are returning in this year. Uh, the the women's side looks like it's it's as full of talent as ever, and and I'm really excited for it to start. Yeah, and I've been trying to uh, encourage IU fans as much as possible to watch not just IU women's but Big Ten women's basketball, the the race for the Big Ten regular season title last season was absolutely wild. Uh, coming down to the, the final games in the final week, IU goes from first to fifth in that final week, uh, which unfortunate for IU, but that kind of shows how, how wild that race was. I wanted to bring you on specifically uh, because uh, last week or early this week, actually, uh, you wrote in your Hoopla newsletter, which uh, I'll probably say this many times, you guys absolutely need to go uh, subscribe. I'll put a link in the description of the YouTube for you guys to go to uh, subscribe in, but you released the top 40 women's basketball players, which uh, is an absolutely fantastic resource. Even for me, someone who has covered the Big Ten, um, just kind of seeing all these names, it's a even better resource for those that might not watch Big Ten women's basketball as much. Uh, I'll just kind of start off. What was just uh, the process of you kind of putting this together and uh, ranking all these women? Yeah, um, I, I I know that I like to see things in list format. Like it just is it's nice to be able to read. And I know a lot of people don't cover or don't watch the Big Ten women's basketball as much as the men's side or trying to get into it. So I figure if I could do a list of at least the top somewhat amount of players so that people like for most teams, like have someone to look out for, or can see some of the storylines within some of these players. Cause some of them are just, they're so talented. They're so interesting. Like Caitlin Clark got a lot of attention last year because of how she plays. She plays like Steph Curry. She, she pulls up from half mm -hmm. court without, without, with, with reckless abandon. So there are a lot of those like incredibly talented players. And I know that, that a lot of people are trying to get into this a little more. So um, I just kind of wanted to make some sort of ranking and I settled on 40 because it felt like I can get a decent amount of players in that I, that I do really like and think are very good and like have more of a, a distribution of the teams in the big 10. 
Um, so yeah, and it was it the process was looking at stats, looking at some win shares information, and and also just kind of me trying to project who will be good this year compared to last year. It was it was all on me though, <laughs> no real science behind it, just who who I like. I love it. I, that's how that's how any good ranking should be. A little bit of a human element involved in that. Uh, Caitlin Clark obviously tops the list. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes second. Monica Sinano who. Absolutely wreaked havoc on IU every time they played last season. Third, uh, J.C. Sheldon for Ohio State, fourth, and then Grace Berger, fifth. Um, more than just kind of necessarily where everyone's ranked, it feels like uh, the talent is kind of more spread out across the Big Ten than maybe it has been in recent years. I think a lot of years, um, maybe aside from last year, if you did this list, it would be maybe a lot of Maryland players at the top of this list or something like that. Does it feel like the talent's a little more spread out throughout the conference now? Yes, absolutely. I think that started last year um, a little on accident because at the beginning of last year, I projected Maryland to be number one again. They'd been number one more times than they had not been since joining the Big Ten. They're they're powerhouse in their own right. Uh, And then unfortunately for them, they had a lot of injuries and that kind of opened the playing field to like, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio State all kind of joining them in this top group. Um, and that continued this year because Maryland had like their three best players go to the transfer portal, <laughs> yeah. which is the which is the way it goes sometimes. So now Maryland is still good, certainly, uh, but it's the wealth is, is definitely spread out throughout the Big Ten. Iowa and Indiana are, are very, very good and probably the top two teams once again. But like Ohio State won the Big Ten last year and it's pretty much the same team. Michigan still got a lot of talent that, yeah, it's, it's way more spread out than it used to be with, with Maryland kind of still being good, but not being the the dominant power that they had been. Yeah. And I can't get over that Maryland storyline. I, I tried to talk about it a little bit um, on this show forever much. It mattered, but yeah, they just had an exodus from that, that program this, uh, this summer, which was wild to see. And yet because they're, they're Maryland, they're still going to be, they're, they're still ranked. They're still going to be there. Yeah. Um, and it, they're still going to be as competitive as ever. You mentioned Caitlin Clark uh, at the top of this list. We'll talk about the IU players here. But um, just who who else kind of is at the top of this list? Maybe a rundown of the some of your favorite players or something kind of at the top of this list. Yeah, as I said, Caitlin Clark, a lot of the attention and for good reason. She was yeah. one of the top two players in college basketball last year, and she's a ton of fun to watch. Like I, the, the hype is totally deserved. Um, and I, we could we could save the Indiana players for, for that full on conversation. But some of the other ones at the top, uh, Monica Zanano does not give enough credit because she's kind of second fiddle to Caitlin Clark on that Iowa offense. But she's like one of the best interior scorers in the country. I think she shoots like 60 percent. Um, and she shows up in big moments as you, as you sadly saw in the <laughs> big 10 championship <laughs> game. Uh, JC Sheldon, um, is, is really, really good in Ohio state. She's gotten better every year. Um, and she got joined by with Taylor Excel last year. And that duo was, was, was nasty. They both shot incredibly well from three. Um, Mike Sell is seventh on my list. Those two are back again. They're very, very good. Um, at six, I have jazz Shelley, who I want to talk about because she did not get an all preseason, all big 10 mention. Uh, she was so good on Nebraska and that Nebraska team in general surprised a lot of people. It was one I talked about a lot because I predicted they'd be a little better. And um, so I was right. And I, I wanted to, to you know, <laughs> load a little bit, you know, you get it. <laughs> load away. Um, I don't know that anybody else probably predicted that. <laughs> so I think they start ranked this year and yeah, Jazz Shelley's like one of the best two way guards in, in the big 10. She was one of the best shooters. Um, and I think because Nebraska spreads the ball around so much on offense, maybe she didn't have the stats to show it. 
Um, but the analytics loved her and, and she, she's a very good player. So I had her in the top 10. Um, but yeah, like I have Sarah Scalia to give three, uh, three IU players in the top 10. I think that's an excellent transfer get for them. Um, she came from Minnesota. Um, and then at eight, I had McKenna Marisa at Penn state. Who's kind of like if Caitlin Clark had no supporting cast, um, <laughs> she's incredibly talented. She puts up a ton of numbers, but she just doesn't have the help. Um, and I think she might get a little more this year. And then Leah Brown was ninth for me on Michigan. She's going to have to take over for Nas Hillman, who's not there. Um, but she's a very good player as well. And, and that Michigan team's still going to be good. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree that Monica Sinano is underrated. But to Indiana fans, uh, they have to feel like that's not remotely the case because she, uh, three games against Indiana, scored 22 points, 31 points, and 30 points uh, in that Big Ten title game. I voted her uh, – the big 10 tournament MVP or whatever the, the understandable. Official, yeah, yeah. The official award was cause she was especially in that title game, just absolutely unstoppable no matter what Indiana threw at her. But um, the, just a, like I was saying, a ton of talent throughout the conference. And as you said, three Hoosiers in the top 10, we're going to talk about all the Hoosiers you have ranked in this uh, in your top 40 here in just a minute. Before we do that though, Look, guys, there is nothing more embarrassing than being out on a first date and, you know, you reach across, uh, across for a glass of water and you have sweat stains under your arms. Sweatblock knows what that embarrassment is like, and they're here to help you solve your problems. They're an antiperspirant wipe that helps you stop that excessive, embarrassing sweating. Um, they, You simply apply it wherever uh, you get that excessive sweating at. Uh, the night before, before bed, let it air out, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, wash that area off. Or if you just are a morning uh, shower person, just take your shower as normal and you are all sweat. Sweat, blocks, sweat block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without that embarrassing underarm sweat. The sweat block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, Try Sweatblock. Save 20% off with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. IU had a fair amount of representation in your top 40. Um, Mackenzie Holmes at number two, Grace Berger number five, Sarah Scalia number 10, and then Sydney Parrish at number 26. Let's start at the top there. Mackenzie Holmes, unfortunate season for her last year. Uh, injury right in the middle of it really derailed pretty much everything for her. Uh, she had some, some flashes, some moments in the postseason, but uh, never really seemed that she could get right. But still... Um, a supremely talented player. Um, what is it, what is it that kind of puts her up here at number two on your list? Yeah, I think at the time of her injury, I think Caitlin Clark had a bit of a slow start to the year. And I had been at that point thinking Mackenzie Holmes may be like number one at that moment in time um, before the injury went down. She was playing incredible basketball. Um, even in some of the tougher IU games at the beginning of the year, I thought she played well, even if the team was was a little lackluster. Um, she was shooting, she shot 40% from three last year on low volume, but like still showed the ability to, to, to shoot from outside. 
And uh, Monica Zanano is probably the better offensive player inside, but I think Mackenzie Holmes is way better defensively than her, um, at least from what we've seen. And she's just such a good all-around talent. Um, and I think she just fits this Indiana system so well. And I think I think a full season of her um, with with this type of, of roster that they've that they've created through the portal and and through who stayed, I think she's going to have an incredible season if she stays healthy. How much will um, some of those additions through the transfer portal providing that spacing? How much is that going to help someone like McKenzie this year? I think that's going to be huge. I don't know if you just saw my dog jump right there. That was impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be huge because Indiana was a decent three-point shooting team by by the stats. I think they were like top 100 in percentage, but they didn't shoot with any volume at all. Like I think they... They, they, they were very much an interior team because Mackenzie Holmes, even though she showed some ability to shoot from three, was definitely an interior shooter. And Grace Berger, for as good as she is, is never been from mid-range and also getting the line and whatnot. Um, and then there are other players that, that they were starting there. Alexa Goulbe was a good shooter. Um, Allie Papberg was a little inconsistent. Um, by the way, I'm repping Allie Papberg. I forgot to say that for out of <laughs> in honor. Um, oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I think like just they didn't have the the high volume three point shooters like around like those two talents to kind of make it work. And then to go out and get Sarah Scalia out of out of Minnesota, who shot forty two percent as the top as the as the primary option in that offense is is a huge get. And then Sydney Parrish is also a very capable shooter from Oregon and was a five star. So I think getting players like that to help space out things for Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger should only help them this year. Grace Berger, obviously the other big name uh, for the Hoosiers, number five on your list. Probably my favorite player to watch. Uh, the the smoothness is is always what kind of I I talk about. The she never seems rushed, never seems hurried, no matter what the the situation is. Um, she's always the same kind of even keel, smooth player. Um, uh, to that same effect, how much is a uh, her game going to be benefited by what the Hoosiers should be able to do offensively this year. She Grace Berger rocks like her whole, yeah. I, like she's so good at exactly what she's good at. Like she doesn't, she's good at the mid range and she finds spot spots in the mid range and it works. Like, I don't think she has to, to break that formula um, and there should be more space for her to do so with the, with the, in, the incomers. Um, I think she's interesting because I feel like she shoots a higher percentage from half court than <laughs> she does from yeah. like the three point yeah. line. I don't know how many she's actually made, but I feel like I saw it at least two or three times last year where she just nails a half-court buzzer beater. Um, but she's always the one to rely on down the stretch. As you said, she's very even-keeled, very poised, um, and she's a, she can get triple doubles. Like She's a very good playmaker. She gets the rebounds. Um, there's, there's very few players as consistently solid as Grace Berger in the Big Ten or even the country. Yeah, she is you always know what you're going to get. There's a, there's a baseline there and it's a pretty high one. And uh, she's always going to provide that. She very rarely has an off game. Um, Her two lowest scoring performances were against Wisconsin in a uh, 23 point win and against Nebraska um, or excuse me, against Maryland in overtime, which was really the only uh, rare kind of poor outing, but I used to win that game even then. So, um, other than that, she's double figures every night. As you said, seems like she was flirting with triple doubles multiple times last season. Does a little bit of everything. But the good news for her and for Mackenzie Holmes is they might not have to do quite as much this season because Sarah Scalia comes in, uh, as I said, number 10 in your ranking. Someone that um, 
aside from one game last year, I don't know that IU fans probably know a whole lot about her. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, uh, her coming to Indiana. Uh, fill us in a little bit on, on what type of player Sarah Scalia was for the Gophers. Yeah, I think coming into this year, she had been definitely one of their top players, but I don't think she became like the primary option until I believe Jasmine Powell had like transferred in the middle of the season last year. Um, and at some point in the year already, Sarah Scali decided to to become one of the best players in the Big Ten. She, um, even with all of the the volume and being the primary option on that team, she made 111 three pointers and shot 41 percent from three, which is high volume, high efficiency. Um, one of the best shooters in the Big Ten, um, and she had to do it pretty much on her own. Like that that Minnesota team was um, had its issues, had departures like Jasmine Powell, and never really put it all together. And she still averaged 18 points and maintained her efficiency. Um, there are other places in her game that you, you, maybe you could see some improvement in, but as a pure scorer and as someone who may end up being the third option in this very talented Indiana team, that's the, like the best third option you could ever ask for. Like <laughs> she almost single-handedly pulled off the upset against IU in assembly hall last season. Um, that game was frustrating almost with, with how much the, the, uh, Minnesota stuck around. She had 26 points, seven to 12 three point shooting in that one. I don't know if it was that game where uh, they decided they needed to add her to the team this season, <laughs> but uh, certainly, as you said, having her go from a first option, all Big Ten level talent to a third option uh, with the Hoosiers is huge. Also, the kind of depth you need to be able to to make runs at, at Big Ten titles in, in deeper tournament runs as well that the Hoosiers sometimes lacked last season. Uh, the last on your list from Indiana, um, Sydney Parrish. I, I'm sure a lot of Hoosiers are very familiar with a big story having her return home uh, this offseason. A, a former top 10 prospect, played a lot at Oregon, uh, but entered the transfer portal, and um, she grew up an Indiana fan, returned home to the Hoosiers this offseason. What's she going to add to the uh, Hoosiers this year? Yeah, I really like this get. Um, I mean, for one, it's nice that, that she was like a fan, and it, it probably gave them some leverage in the portal, but to get to, to get a player from Oregon in general has always been very good. The last two that come to mind are, as I mentioned earlier, Jazz earlier, Taylor Mike Sell. Um, this that was their first year in the Big Ten after coming from Oregon, and both of them had breakout years. Uh, so it's it's been a good pipeline so far, the Oregon to Big Ten one. Um, and Sydney Parrish, I think, was a higher rated prospect than either of them. Um, she started, I think, every game last year, and she put up solid numbers, eight points a game. She shot third a little above average, but again, I think when you add her to a lineup that she can do that sort of role again where, you know, you have Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, and Sarah Scalia, and then you're adding Sydney Parrish, who has a lot of experience, can fill in at the guard, is a pretty tall guard as well, can play some defense against a little bit more than than, than a typical guard. I think that's huge. And I think um, Indiana last year had, like, the most experienced starting five of, like, anyone ever in, like, college yeah. basketball. Um, and then they, their depth after those five, when Mackenzie Holmes got hurt, like, it was tough. Like, you didn't have – you were deep in the starting five and then not deep in the bench at, at that point, which is a little bit of a weird spot to be. And I think they've done a good job of evening that out a bit where you have both, like you have a solid starting five, but if one of those players gets hurt, I think you have some options. And and I think they did great in the portal because of that. Kind of a, uh, a point of reference, I guess, to show 
the types of players Indiana brought in. Um, last season, Indiana made, um, as a team, 149 three-pointers. Sidney Parrish and Sarah Scalia um, combined last year made 163. So <laughs> those two alone are going to bring a certain level of shooting that Indiana did not have at all last season. And really, I think, kind of change what this IU offense is going to look like hopefully for the better. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, how this team gels. There are some tests early on before Big Ten play. I want to talk to you about um, the Big Ten, where Indiana stands, kind of your predictions for all of that here in just a moment. So I, I don't think I, I'm uh, surprising anyone, I guess, when I say that Iowa is, is pretty clearly the favorite for – uh, the Big Ten this season. Uh, you also, on your Hoopla, Hoopla newsletter, um, did a Big Ten kind of team prediction and had IU as uh, second there. I guess how big right now is that gap between Iowa and Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, Nebraska, the rest of your top five there? How big is that gap between them and everyone else? I think it's like it's si like not sizable isn't the right word, but like a little bit below sizable. Like there, I think it is Iowa and a little bit the next of Indiana than Ohio state, Maryland. Uh, but I don't think it's like insurmountable. Um, I think Iowa has the expectation that they could be, a, they should be a top five team this year. Um, a lot of people are picking them to make the final four, even though they, they lost in the second round last year, they have that level of talent. You, you have a player like Caitlin Clark that can, that can change games. Um, and they brought in Molly Davis, who was a great transfer get to help kind of ease some of the burden that Clark was feeling in the offense. So Iowa is number one, I think, but Indiana has the depth like to, to really compete with them and make it interesting. Like I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Um, I think with with two rock solid players like Berger and Holmes coming back, it, you could you can incorporate the the new members a little easier. Um, I think like getting a lot of minutes for Chloe Moore McNeil last year is helpful. I think she showed some promise and um, will will have a larger role this year. Um, maybe some of the, the incoming freshmen they were pretty highly regarded could come in. Um, they also got, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the name of her. The third transfer they got um, in the portal, Geary. Alyssa Geary, I think is a good, in case something happens to Holmes again, obviously not, you never would want that at all, but I think she would be a good secondary option that you have now that you maybe didn't have last year, a uh, very experienced forward out of Providence. Um, so I think they did a good job of in, improving their depth and also, filling the holes that were left with Alexa Gould by Ali Patberg and Nicole Cardano Hillary. Um, the defense is the thing that I would be probably like, can it stay up to the level it has been, which has been very, very good, especially because Cardano Hillary was insanely good on defense. Yeah. Um, so like, I think you got the scoring back for sure. And it's trusting that Terry Morin can implement her system and improve the defense with, with the incoming players. And I think she can, because I think Terry Morin's a great coach. And I think if she does that, then, then that gap between Iowa and Indiana is like real, real close. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. Just, I mean, you were you were kind of mentioning it there, but I guess what's the biggest thing? Is it the defense to to kind of close that gap between Iowa and Indiana this season? It is because Iowa's offense is so good, and I yeah. don't see it getting worse. Like Iowa's Indiana's defense was much better than Iowa's last year, uh, but Iowa puts up like ninety a game. <laughs> 
and I don't mm -hmm. think that's going to change. So I think to, in order for Indiana to kind of close that gap, it's they got to play better defense than Iowa, um, which they certainly can, and they did last year, um, and they certainly could do it again. Uh, but it's the biggest question mark because I don't think even with these um, introduct these new players, I don't think they're getting to Iowa's level of offense. I, I don't know. There's very few teams in the country. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> that, can, that can get to Iowa's level of offense. Right. the The biggest win for Indiana against Iowa last season was holding them to only seventy four points in the <laughs> Big Ten title game. Because uh, outside of that, they struggled against uh, the Hawkeyes. They scored ninety six and and eighty eight in the other two games. And I believe that first game in Bloomington, it, IU had to have a forty two point fourth quarter to even kind of reach that. So um, Iowa's offense is, is absolutely wild to watch. Um, we talked a, a little bit at the beginning of the, the pod about the Big Ten race uh, last season, how IU goes from first to fifth um, in that race in the span of a week. I can't imagine anything is going to uh, come close to that, but is this a, a season where you think that there could be similar type of drama, or is this kind of Iowa's title to lose this year. Definitely possible. I think there will be a lot of drama within the top four to five, um, maybe even six. I think, as I said, Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan, and I think Nebraska, even with um, an injury to Sam Hybe, I think will be in that kind of top top tier for the Big Ten. Uh, I think those those teams can maybe swap around a lot, and I think Indiana and Iowa are the most likely to kind of swap around. I think Iowa is the expected winner for a reason, and I certainly they wouldn't go against it. I picked them as mine, but I definitely don't think it's a runaway. Like if I was a top five team, I think Indiana is a top 10 team in the country. Like I, there's, it's, it's, it's something that I do think people are right on, but I don't think it's like Iowa should run the table, go undefeated in the big 10 like type levels. It's going to be interesting. Uh, those, those two Indiana, Iowa matchups are going to be must see TV this season. Have them circled on your calendar. Um, I'm sure they're going to be, on TV somewhere. I know the second game is on ESPN two. The first game um, in assembly hall, it doesn't have a TV designation yet, but I would imagine that there's a good chance it'll end up somewhere big because those are going to be two, uh, as you said, probably top 10, top 15 matchups um, mm -hmm. this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. All the matchups last year, even though IU lost them, they were all fun, close <laughs> games. Uh, hopefully the Hoosiers can kind of, shed that monkey off their back this season. Wyatt, man, uh, thanks a ton for coming on. Let the people know where they can find you and find your work at. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You could find me on Twitter at Hoopla Wyatt, H-O-O-P-L-A-W-Y-A-T-T. -T. Um, the Hoopla newsletter, uh, every week I put up two posts. On Monday, it is the Big Ten Women's Basketball one. And on Thursday, it's kind of whatever, whatever I got going on, whatever I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's free to subscribe to, you can get in your email or you can just find, I'll post them all on Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Thank you so much again. Yeah. I can't say it enough. I recommend you guys go to, um, subscribe to that newsletter. It's been a, a helpful resource, uh, for me and, and it'll continue to be as so for, for me and hopefully all you guys this season. Thanks again, guys, for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the men's basketball scrimmage, uh, finish up our season previews for the men's team. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, 
plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe, rating and review, all that fun stuff. You guys know that. As always, though, guys, have a tremendous Thursday in LEO.